When the Lord provides the ram and the ram is ultimately sacrificed, I think Isaac would have had a better appreciation for the ram. Um, like tears could have been flowing down his cheeks. He like, would have understood. He yeah. would have understood like that was supposed to be me. I was supposed to be killed, um, but this ram took my place. Welcome back to the Bible Distilled. How you doing, Jonathan? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing well, Caleb. How are you? I am good. I'm sipping on. He's for those who can't see, um, because we don't have this anywhere uh, live. Um, he is sipping from a Bojangles cup. TM. T. That he previously <laughs> had TN, and uh, he's no trademark. No trademark. You can't say. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bojangles. Please don't sue us. Um, yeah, well, that's the only cup I had, but it works. Um, it is Cafe Vita in Seattle, Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. It's their bistro blend, some tasting notes of baking chocolate, Ooh. Uh, caramel, and I think like a, some sort of nut. You mean know, caramel? Almond. Caramel. No, ca- caramel. No, I'm just kidding, it's caramel. <laughs> So, I'm not going to belabor this, man. We got a lot to do. Short period of time. We got a little bit to do it in. So, we're going to cover two chapters today and some of my favorite stories, um, for sure, with just everything that's uh, going on. So, we'll start in uh, Genesis 20. Um, We have, (laughs) again, a very similar story um, to... Genesis 12, um, where Abraham seems to do the same exact thing. Same darn thing. <laughs> again. Um, so we have a lot of narrative uh, to read. So again, I'll just say pause this. You can read Genesis 20 through 22 and uh, hit play when you're, uh, when you're done with that. But so yeah, Abraham and this guy named Abimelech. Um, I learned this, Abimelech, that's not actually his name, that's a title, like Pharaoh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, So Abraham has, it says that he has moved on from there, so where he was, Mm -hmm. um, in the Sodom story. That he could see the the hills over Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, Yeah. and he has moved on to this area where the uh, Philistines are, Um, so... If you don't know anything about them, that's going to be one of the main opponents to the Israelites. Um, and again, this is Moses writing to the Israelites because um, they're about to go into this land. Um, so you're, they're getting primed and ready mm-hmm. uh, for for this. So they have moved on here, and there is now this ruler that Abraham, he gets cold feet again, um, and he tells Sarah uh, hey, pretend you're my sister. Or tell, again. Yeah, again. Now, you would think he would learn. You would think that. Um, but he does the same thing again. But, man, this one, <laughs> this one's, like, really bad, I feel like, because um, the timing of this mm-hmm. especially is, um, like, Jen Wilkin brought this up. Sarah is definitely pregnant here. Yeah. 
Um, so he is God said, you know, when I return uh-huh. a year later, Sarah will be pregnant. Yeah. So all of this has happened since the three visitors came. And so she, yeah, she is pregnant with, with Isaac and he is giving away his wife again, um, to this King. But the difference with, uh, Abimelech is he does not advance. It says verse four, he had not gone near her. Yeah. And, and, and a commentator that I was reading was saying that the, that was the Lord protecting Sarah from Abram, mm. Abraham. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, he is, he is innocent and the Lord even says, yes, I know you could, you've done this with, with a clear conscience and clean hands. Um, so he, here is another example of this pagan nation that is operating more righteously than like God's righteous yeah. man. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mess, but, um, I really, what I would say, cause we did deal a lot with, um, this a few episodes over with, you know, how God, um, deals with, with a man like Abraham who is still kind of very pagan. Um, but I think the biggest thing from this, you know, and you, you had talked about this a little bit earlier, but how, like he says, don't, don't hurt, like. Abraham is still my prophet. Yeah, so so in verse 7 it says, um, this is God speaking, it says, Now return this man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. Um, and one of the commentators I was reading was basically saying how God has not given up on Abraham. Mm-hmm. God has every right to give up on Abraham as he has with us to give up on us. Um, and you would think that uh, after... So the commentators speculate that 30 years have, have passed from when this happened in Egypt to when it's happening now. Yeah. And you would think that Abraham would have learned. He would have seen God, you know, been faithful numerous times. Um, but he doesn't learn. And an old sin uh, that he thought he had defeated mm-hmm. eventually comes back. And um, it, it really shows his, his weakness. Yeah. But it shows that uh, even though man... Um, will change, and man will not be faithful. God, through all of this, still calls Abraham his prophet, and and it shows that God is faithful. Yeah, because God's going to persevere to um, carry out His covenant. Right? right, that's just who He is. Like we saw that when He was offering, or He put Abraham to sleep, and He walked through both sides of the um, dead animal covenant, making covenant with Himself. Yeah, yeah, essentially, like God is God is going to follow through on this, no matter how messed up humanity is, um, which is is a great hope. Um, and also, like I'm not, I never want to belittle like what Abraham did is atrocious here, um, but it is. I th- I think, you know, as we look at these characters and we're like, oh, how dare this person? Like, I think when that strikes a chord on us. Hmm. That can really show that we are like them. Oh yeah, I mean, you and I kind of just like, how could he do this? You know, like right. he defeated this, and then yeah. you and I like, oh yeah, I there's sins that I think everybody struggled with when they were in high school, middle school, or at an early age that yeah, you're still struggling with. Yeah, I mean, like, how, like just answer honestly, um, listener, like how many times have you willingly done the same thing? Um, so I, I think like these stories are to demonstrate not just like, you know, 
okay, these people are really bad. They're the worst, but it is more of how God still is working in the world and with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Despite your like, even now willing sin, like, like Abraham. So that, that does give some, some hope um, for us in this, but um, yeah, so that's pretty much it with with that one. Um, we're gonna be flying through uh, some of this because we do want to get to the meat, which is uh, in Genesis twenty two. Yeah. So we have the son of promise. Woo. Genesis twenty one. We made it. We, we made, made it, it, Jonathan. Um, the birth of Yitzhak or Isaac, which means da na na laughter. Yeah. Um, what a tie, you know, and we, we've been, we've been kind of exploring that, that, uh, word laughter, um, throughout our narrative so far. And really what we have seen, kind of what we've surmised is that laughter like equals, is God really going to do this? Mm -hmm. Is God really going to come through on his promise? Is he really going to do this? And then Isaac here, he really did this. Yeah. It's a it's incredible. Um, Sarah said, verse six twenty one of chapter twenty one. God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh um, with me. Yeah, and you guys talked about the different types of laughter. This is like um, it talks about in I think in the Psalms how the Lord has brought laughter to Israel when they were delivered from their enemies, mm-hmm. and it's kind of this like you see um, you you see these people like like, I can't believe this happened laughing with joy kind of. Yeah. And and that's the same thing you see with Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's really interesting too. Um, in verse, um, seven, um, it says, she also said, who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have born a son for him in his old age. And I think there's this, um, I think there's a, this amazing thing that we kind of forget that God was able to give Abraham and Sarah children in their old age. Mm-hmm. But also in verse seven, not only does he do that, but he gives her the strength necessary to be able to nurse him. Sustain him. him. Yeah. 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 And and then he also gives Abraham the strength um, to have children later on in life um, after Sarah dies. Yeah. So not only does the Lord provide um, in that way that, you know, these these people who, in the book of Hebrews, we see that their bodies were completely dead. Um, he not only works in that way, but also in a way that they can take care of the child mm-hmm. and take care of future children. I think that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we were um, we were talking a little bit about this just because of how miraculous this birth was. Um, there's some interesting parallels yeah, to we the, love these parallels. Yeah, to the New Testament. So, I mean, Jonathan, is is Sarah supposed to be seen almost like this pre-Mary, mother of Jesus kind of figure? Yeah, I mean, I think you can make the argument. And, and there's a couple things that happen. So, first of all, Isaac and Jesus were both promised seed and son. Um, so, you know, when, when we see... Mm-hmm. Um, the promise of Isaac, uh, we we also see this annunciation. Um, so God gives um, Sarah the annunciation that she's going to have Isaac, and guess what happens? God gives uh, Sarah the name Isaac, and then God does the same thing with Mary, and He says He says to Joseph, 
you know, he's going to be called Jesus, the the savior of the, of the world, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, there's this delay between the promises. So um, mm. number of years happen when Sarah's told that she's going to have Isaac. And then, uh, you know, there's this period of, there's thousands of years that go by uh, between Genesis um, 3.15 when we're told that, you know, a seed, uh, that there's going to be a seed that's going to crush mm-hmm. uh, the head of Satan. Thousands of years happen where, you know, we're given Jesus. Um, and then their reactions, uh, you know, <laughs> Sarah laughs, you know, when she, she kind of doubts God mm-hmm. could do this. Mary's is 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 more interesting, but uh, hers is hers is formed in a question. She's like, "How how could this happen since I'm a virgin?" But it's not a type of question that you don't see any punishment or anything like that. It's more of like, like physically, how how could this happen? Um, and then both of theirs, you know, obviously required a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus was born of a virgin, and then Isaac was born um, from two parents whose bodies were. We're decaying. So. Yeah, I mean, the, we said this last week, but they were way beyond, like right. very, very beyond. Yeah, <laughs> able to have uh, kids, and then I mean, the di- so the difference there, you know, the contrasts are important too. Like with Abraham and Sarah, it wasn't like the Holy Spirit and Mary, right? It was, um, it was Abraham. And Sarah, like they were having, they had kids together, but it is important to show that like, there's no way they could have done it without the Lord. Um, and then with Mary, she's a virgin. So it really, there's no way that she could have had a kid without, without the Lord. Um, but you know, we'll see even more so like that, that connection will make even more sense when we see how Isaac is this type of Jesus that right. we'll explore when we get to 22. But um, there's we're, we're going, yeah. So there is a there's a connection um, again with these two brothers, um, where it says that Ishmael he mocks, um, or similarly he laughs. laughs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, yeah, we're supposed to see now, um, that even, even the brother who is not the promise, um, and really quite frankly, he is the product of a bad decision, um, yeah. of Abraham and Sarah, again, defining what they think is good and what's evil and putting matters in their own hands, abusing this woman to have kids. Um, And now we see Genesis 12 happening again, where Ishmael, in a sense, I mean, he does curse. um, So that curse language is given. He despises. um, And Sarah says, okay, send them away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they are. They're sent away. And it's really, I mean, it's it's sad, you know? I mean, it even says that, like, Abraham, like, he, like, grieves this decision. Right. Um, Yeah, verse 11, this is very distressing to Abraham because of his son. Yeah, so, I mean, just trying to humanize Abraham there, like, this is the love of a father and the compassion for for his son. Yeah, and, I mean, let's talk about it for, like, a short second. Um you have to like, this sounds like a horrible thing. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it, it is like, Hey, um, good luck in the wilderness. Um, 
you know, you're my son and, uh, Hey, I'm just basically going to leave you. But I think there's room for, for God's grace in this because God is the one who tells Abraham in verse 11, don't be distressed, um, about your boy. Uh, yeah. And he tells him essentially, listen to Sarah because God knew that out of Ishmael would, would, would rise a nation. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham is trusting the Lord, um, and the Lord is going to bless um, Ishmael through this. So yeah. it, it seems very hard for us uh, to, why would God do this? Why would God allow this? But yeah. out of, out of these, this um, horrible thing, Mm-hmm. God is going to get glory and, and, and good is going to come from it. Well, again, this wasn't, this isn't the fault of the Lord, like, because he's saying like, I, I told you how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now this got way more complicated. Yeah. Um, which again is our doing right. When we decide things and we do things that are outside of the design of the Lord, like look how complicated and chaotic that life gets. Um, and now we have this, this boy and his mom who are sent away and that's not, I mean, that's not flourishing. Like that's not good. Um, but God does, I mean, you're right. Like God promised Hagar that I am going to bless you even despite the wickedness that was and that ensued. Um, and he does, he, he reminds her, um, of that, that same promise in, um, chapter 21. So they're in the wilderness and, um, it's, uh, it's not great what's happened. Uh, just to be honest, like it's, it's gotten so bad where she hides her son under like a bush. (laughs) Um, and then just like says, I can't watch him die. So she goes away from him. Like, and that's kind of hard to watch, right? Like that, this, uh, this parent, um, seemingly kind of abandons, um, her kid, but it says in verse 17, God heard who God heard the boy Mm -hmm. crying, right? I'm going to bless Ishmael. So he heard his cry and then, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, said to her, what's the matter? Hagar, don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying and he lies there. Take, uh, lift him up, take him by the hand, for I will make him a great nation. And then it says, and I'll come back to this again, but it says, then God opened her eyes and she saw. Hmm. Um, so who did she, what did she call the Lord in Genesis 16? The God who hears. That That's Ishmael, like his name, but like... Oh, I'm sorry, the, the God, God who, who sees. sees. Yeah. yeah, the God who sees me, or the God of seeing. Yeah. So El Roy, so... Um, he, he does, he opens her eyes and she sees. So that same kind of wording there of like, Hey, let me remind you. Um, I see you, I see your affliction. Uh, I've not left you. Right. I've not abandoned you. I see your value and your worth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a horrible thing, but I will not leave you. In fact, a great nation will come from you. Um, and yeah, he provides for, yeah. Her. And I, he ends up getting a wife, right? That's right. Verse 21, he settled in the wilderness of Paran and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Became an archer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's 
I, there's one more thing too. Um, yep. One of the commentators that I was reading talked about how this was really a test from God. Um, they felt that is Abraham was still holding on to Isaac. I'm sorry to Ishmael. Ishmael sorry. Um, and saying, okay, the Lord had promised um, that you know he was gonna he was gonna uh, fulfill his promise and give me a son. Um, but when God tests Abraham to offer up Isaac, he, he, he doesn't have anywhere to go, but to Isaac, Isaac is his last chance of, of getting, uh, the blessings and, and the nations. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if Ishmael would have been there, it would have been really easy for Abraham to say, of course, yeah, I'll, 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 um, I'll offer up, uh, Ishmael. Isaac. No, I'll offer up Isaac as oh, a sacrifice. Okay. I have Ishmael as a backup. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. since Ishmael is mm-hmm. gone, um, you know, there is there really is no backup. Yeah, you know? which we we see that language, your only son, um, right. later yeah. in 22. So before we get to sacrifice, I have one just quick note. So there's this treaty, um, so verses 22 through 34, so the end of 21. The treaty at Beersheba, I see there's Sheba or Shiva. I don't know. Um, but we get, we again get, um, Abraham talking to could be the same guy. Probably not. Cause I think a lot of time has gone by here, but Abimelech, which again, just the name of a ruler. Um, but what's, what's really fascinating. Abraham is this promised guy right? Mm-hmm. Like that he's, he's God's guy and he's like given this land, like this promised land, but they're not there. <laughs> they're actually like sojourners and foreigners just wandering around like kingdom to kingdom. And the promised son is born in this like foreign land. Um, mm. so that, yeah, that was something that Salheimer brought up is that, um, he is living out his days, not, in the land that God promised them. Um, but he's wandering around this like foreign land. Um, but again, like if we're putting our spectacles on of, you know, this is Moses writing to the Israelites, we're going to set it's setting up that like, Hey, we're about to go into this land. Um, and they don't know you at all, but they do probably remember Abraham. Cause it does say how he like sets up this like covenant, with Mm -hmm. Abimelech, um, and he plants this tree, (laughs) um, which there's something, there's something there to like a tamarisk tree, but, um, we can, we can talk about that more, but later. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're setting up now this, like, like, I I guess it's just this reminder to the Israelites, like, this is yours, right? Like, this is your land. Like God has promised this. Um, so these are really subtle and like sometimes like annoying, like narrative details that we're given. But like, just if we put them in context, it's really important because they're about to come in and be like, Hey, you're going to have a lot of tension, especially with these people. But this is, this is yours. God promised you this. Um, so that's just a, that's a small thing with that, that treaty. Um, but yeah, we've got, man, we've got maybe, Maybe 10 more minutes. Let's go through Let's do it. a massive, massive story. Um, and not only just Genesis, but all of the Bible. Right. Um, so 
Do you want to, how do you want to start? You want to just summarize the story or you want to just dive right in? I mean, I think it's such a popular story. Everybody knows what's yeah. going on. But I mean, essentially, um, God tells Abraham, uh, I want you to offer up your one and only son, Isaac. Um, Abraham complies. Uh, he takes Isaac up to Mount Moriah. It's a three-day journey. Don't miss that, by the way. Um, it's a three-day journey. God is going to offer up Isaac. He's going to do it. He's laid him out in the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham, I'm sorry. Yeah, Abraham literally gets a sword or gets a knife and is about to do it. The angel of the Lord says, Abraham, stop. Um, I know your faith. And then Abraham is blessed. Yeah. And uh, a ram is offered up in the place of Isaac. Yeah, it's a it's a popular story, but it's one that if this is the first time reading, oh, we're like, the heck is happening? I mean, even now, like you're like, what in the? Why would God it's do hard. this? Yeah, because I mean, like we have here. Um, I'm gonna set you up here for your conspiracy theory, but <laughs> Not we we have essentially um, child sacrifice here. Yes. So Abraham is told by God and he just goes, he just does it, which there's a pretty, pretty big connection with Genesis 12 where God says, go Mm -hmm. right. Leave the land of promise or leave, leave your father's land and go to this land that I've promised you. And then here we go again, go and do this thing. So there's like, there are parallels there um, with this. And then he just goes and he does it. And so, like just to put some context in that it it doesn't make this like better, but maybe it's something that like you can have some understanding is every single God, every God in the ancient near East that was around them demanded the parents to sacrifice their sons or daughters. Right. Um, every single one of them, especially the biggest one that I, I can think of is the God Molech. Mm-hmm. Um, where it just, that is how they were appeased. And, um, so it's just like, man, why would Yahweh do this? Yeah. And, and God detests that in the book of Jeremiah, he he calls the children that are sacrificed, the blood of the innocent. Yeah. So like there has to be more (laughs) going on here than just this ravaging God that's demanding Abraham to sacrifice his, his kid. Yeah. Um, he was kind of sending me up for my conspiracy theories, um, <laughs> which are based off people I've read and they're not conspiracy theories. First of all, but no, anyway, you, you convinced me. And I think, I think it, the point well, can still be made, but I think, go ahead. So essentially you've, you've heard it said, um, that, uh, <laughs> Isaac is a boy or a very young boy, a young right? lad. Yeah. Uh, so in your Sunday school classes, you've heard Isaac is a little boy. Uh, maybe if you've ever drew, uh, like drawn this, Isaac is little. The movies portray Isaac as little. I mean, every 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 form of media portrays Isaac as a little boy. Mm-hmm. So there's an argument to be made um, that I mean, Isaac is a type of of Christ. Um, Isaac, mm-hmm. is, this story specifically is, is showing uh, what God would eventually do to His own son um, in in on Calvary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, c- I kind of want to talk about that real quick, but, um, if we think about what it meant to, to Abraham, right, the pain and the agony 
to offer up his son Isaac. Mm-hmm. Think about how much more I hurt God. Sure. To offer up his own son, right? And so in the beginning of Genesis 22, we see um, he says, after these things, which by the way, everything that Abraham's been through, it's it was basically quizzes and this is the final test. Yeah. So Abraham's faith is on display. This is the final test. It says, um, verse two, take your son. He said, your only son whom you love. And I mean, you could hear God, those same words could be described to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so Abraham takes Isaac. Now, now here's why I would argue, my argument is this. I believe that Isaac was somewhere around 30 to 35 years old, that he wasn't a boy. And and I think the text kind of shows us that. Um, Specifically when when Isaac is put on, the wood is put on Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, which again, don't miss that. That's obviously Jesus. Yeah, you know, the wood, wood was wood put on. Cross. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Jewish tradition, sacrifices would have taken a long time. So they have to be big pieces of wood. Um, Abraham is a hundred years old. They're on top of the mountain. Someone has to carry this wood. It's only the two of them. So Isaac has to carry Gigantic well, he's pieces more, of wood. Well, he's more than a hundred if if Isaac yeah. is thirty. Right. So he's like pushing whatever buck twenty buck or 30, something. Yeah. Buck thirty. And yeah. then um, later in chapter twenty three, we see that Sarah's one hundred twenty seven years old. Obviously, sometimes have some time has passed. Um, in uh, chapter twenty one, at the end of chapter twenty one, what you were just talking about the the treaty. It says, "And Abraham lived in an alien." As an alien in the land of the Philistines for, for many a days, long time. Yeah. there's time that has been passed, um, and then finally, uh, I think the story just makes a little more sense because Abraham was willing uh, to offer up Isaac, and Isaac was willing to also be willing yeah. to be sacrificed. So, um, well, and it says he bound him, and like if yeah. if this dude is a is a man, then he, yeah, he's willingly laying down his life. But I mean, if he was a kid, then, you know, Abraham probably, he'd been old, but he probably could have overpowered him in some sense and, and bound him. But that just makes it, I feel like even more powerful, um, to be like, yeah, Isaac is going through with this. Yeah. And then in verse eight, um, after Isaac, who, understands what is going on. You know, he says, where's the animal? Where's the lamb? And mm-hmm. then the verse says, then the two of them walked on together. So it's this, it's this understanding that, um, Isaac is not being forced to the, do this. Mm-hmm. He was willing to do this. Um, and again, that's why, that's why I, I would argue, I, I mean, I think everybody else would see this, but Isaac is a type of Christ. Jesus was willing. Isaac was willing Isaac carried the wood on his back. Jesus carried the wood on his back. Um, and then the age, you know, trusting their fathers. They were mm-hmm. obedient, obedient to the point of of death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their births. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, everything's pointing to, to Christ. And so, yeah. you know, Isaac being around. This is where the conspiracy theory is, and this is where Caleb and I disagree. I would argue Isaac might have been 33 years old. Oh, wow. Perfect. (laughs) It's not, it's not, but again, that's just a theory. So.
Yeah. So, I mean, again, that, that could very well like i i could see it but, because of, but it doesn't negate your point because you're saying um he's still sacrificing his, his child, child because child is a generic term especially in like hebrew like it, it talks about how like israel is god's children and israel know? was hundreds yeah. of years old yeah, yeah. yeah we got we got old men old women like so it, yeah children child could be very generic but we are supposed to see because the language is clear enough for us like that Isaac is supposed to show us some sort of like type to Christ, right? The language of only son, right? That's John three sixteen. Mm. Um, God so loved the world that he gave what his only begotten son. Um, and then also like the connections. So Mount Moriah, where they're going in second Chronicles three, one, like we see, that that is the place where the temple would be. Where's where Samuel built the temple? Yeah, or so Solomon. Da- yeah, David's son Solomon. Solomon yeah, yeah, yeah. So where, um, yeah, so where this city of God, um, where the temple would be, and later, right outside the city is where Christ would give up his life on on this mountain, um, and then yeah, ideas of like third day. Right. So mm-hmm. like it says it, it was a three day journey for them. So, um, again, that language there is, is really important wood on his back. Um, and yeah, so like the, we are supposed to see, um, that these, like all of these things are supposed to point to Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm going to even throw a few more in there that blew my mind, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. So the, the stories and the way like they're all kind of together. Um, how are we doing? We're at thir- all right, 33 minutes in. So we've got all of these parallels. We've got Ishmael's born, Isaac's born, right? We've got Hagar, um, her journey in the wilderness. And then she's sent back out there again. Um, and how like, there's so many, there's so many parallels, especially with that story and with the sacrifice. And so let me, let me throw a few at you. Okay, so I'm not I'm not crazy here. All right, the phrase early the next morning mm. in Genesis 21:14. Um, early the next morning, Genesis 22:3. Um, those are the only two times in like the whole Torah that that phrase is used. So yeah. That, so when when Abraham is told to yep. depart from Hagar, mm-hmm. and then when a- Abraham is told to offer. Up his son. Yeah. yeah. So the author's connecting these two on purpose. And then Abraham sets supplies on Hagar's shoulders, 2114. Abraham oh, sets supplies on Isaac's shoulders, 226. Hagar puts the boy under brush. Abraham puts him on or over the brush. Ooh. Um, Hagar, and this is so this language I was telling you a little bit, let's we'll go back to Hagar looks up to see a well. Um, Abraham looks up to see a ram. Yeah. I mean, literally same phrase there. Um, Hagar's story ends with this reminder of the covenant. I'm going to bless your kid. Uh, Abraham's story ends with this covenant. The Lord will provide. So like all of these, all of these ties here, they're supposed to juxtapose each other because we do see, um, Oh man, there's so many places I could go with this, but I'll (laughs) take it one at a time. Um, Hagar and Abraham, the like the 
the way that they interact like with their kids here is very different. So Hagar, like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the text shows us like she, she almost like gives up on, um, on Ishmael. God comes back and he reminds her of who he is. He says, I am the God who sees. So I'm going to open your eyes. I'm going to remind you. Um, but Abraham, and here's where this gets wild. Abraham, he is a guy that doesn't, he's going to, he's going to see this thing through. And Mm. so the reason why, like, and this is, this is where I want to show you. So like in, in the sacrifice narrative itself. So in chapter 22, Dun, 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 dun. We have a chiasm. Oh man! I, know. I haven't we said need, it. I haven't said it in a while. We need but a button or something. Yeah, we have a chiasm because um, there's three times where Abraham says this phrase, "Here I am," which in the phrase in Hebrew means "Hanani," "Hanani." So it starts there and it ends there. Um, here I am. Here I am. And then we get uh, another part of the chiasm. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. And then the back half, it says that he bound his son and put him on top of the wood. Um, Then it says they went on together um, again. And the two of them went on together. So like in the middle of this, yeah. yeah, In the middle of this is the phrase Hanani, which Abraham is saying. So the author is getting us to, he's pointing us here and he's saying, that Abraham is going to see this thing through. He is with his son. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know how this is going to go down. Hebrews 11 gives us kind of a, like a, a point into his mind of like, yeah. you know, like Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac back from the dead. And and it was a three days journey. And so yeah. he would have had time to think, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to be obedient. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see this thing through. Yeah. How, in the world, God is going to do this. I don't know. And I was reading um, the concept of resurrection was not a thing in, in Abraham's yeah, day. Yeah, it, ha- it hadn't happened so far in Genesis. So, yeah. I mean, he kind of goes Plato, Aristotle on us. Like, he, yeah. I mean, the book of Hebrews tells us that Abraham believed because he believed that God was going to raise Isaac back from the dead. Yep. And he, he carries on. Yeah. So the connect, the hyperlinks here, um, stole that from a Bible project, but the hyperlinks here are the fact that Abraham, like this, this word or this phrase, here I am, it points us to so many times in scripture, especially where God reveals who he is. So a really important one is Exodus where, Moses is set, he's, he's at this mountain where the burning bush is there and it's set and God calls out to him and he says, what? Hanani. When God calls out to Isaiah in, cha- in chapter six, the commission to Isaiah, um, he says, who will go before me? He says, Hanani, here I am. Mm. So there's all of these, like these characters, they're not great. I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to paint a picture that they're like, crazy righteous people, but they're characters that show us that I am here and I will do whatever. I will follow you to the end. And then we see in these instances, God is declaring himself who he is. Cause we get here later in chapter 22, it says, God, God will provide the Mm. Lord will provide, which 
provide there, it's the same word for see. Right. Ra. So connection back to Hagar, like God is one who sees, he will provide. Moses, when he says, I am here, I'm here. Who should I tell them that you are? I am. Hmm. I am sent you. I am the, I am who I am. I just, I am, I always will be. I am forever. Um, I'm simply asking, are you with me? (laughs) Like, will you, will you follow me? Um, and Abraham's like, as disastrous as this seems, he follows God and he believes God. Um, because ultimately there's a much greater thing happening than God just asking to sacrifice his son. Right. It's a picture that we're supposed to see. And this is why I believe that the angel of the Lord here is, is the Christophany is this idea that like, this is the second person of the Trinity. Cause it does, it does say specifically, um, that you, obeyed me like the angel of the Lord is Mm. saying like you obeyed me um and so it says the Lord will provide um so it's like it's this demonstration that you know I'm going to provide a sacrifice for you today but ultimately on this mountain later on is going to be the seed that I am going to be sacrificed I am going to sacrifice myself um I'm going to complete the covenant with myself I'm going to complete yeah I'm going to complete it I am who I am. Hmm. When Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. What does he say? I am. I am. Yeah. I'm here. I am like, here I am. Um, and it just blows them all away. Like God is the one who is going to provide who his only son. Um, so many connections, but the point I guess that I want to land with here is God is forever who he is going to be. Um, he is, like the Bible is this mission of where he is, he is wanting to bring and reconcile all things to himself. And he's simply saying, will you follow me? (laughs) Will you follow me? Especially when it doesn't make sense. Um, And will we be like Abraham in this or like Moses, Isaiah, where it's like, here I am. Mm. I will, I will follow you. um, Even when it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, man. There's a there's a lot there, but so much, so much. But we did it all in 41 minutes. <laughs> so that's um yeah that's it for uh, for this week. Did you have any closing thoughts? Um yeah, I mean, just one thing. Yeah, hold two things. Um, how much time do we got? Um, yeah. so when uh, the rain was provided, um, I mean, like, let's think about this. Like, if we were in that situation. You know, if you're Isaac and you're bound to an altar and you're about to be killed, natural fear, you know, like your human reaction is going to kick in. You're going to start crying. And then when the Lord provides the ram and the ram is ultimately sacrificed, Mm -hmm. I think Isaac would have had a better appreciation for the ram. Um, Like tears could have been flowing down his cheeks. He would have understood. He would have understood. Like that was supposed to be me. Mm. I was supposed to be killed. Um, but this ram took my place and the same, you know, the same can be said about Christ. Like mm-hmm. we are the ones that should have been punished for our transgressions and our sins and our defiance against the Lord. But God is gracious and he provided, a, he provided a lamb and he provided Christ mm-hmm. in, in our spot. And then this is the last time, uh, in, in, in the Bible where that we know of that God speaks to 
Abraham. Yeah. Wow. And uh, this is the this is the final test. Yeah. This is the culmination of of Abraham's life. Um, will you trust and will you obey? And um, one of the commentators said it was almost as if um, Abraham did this. He believed, and it was like God said, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." Mm. You know, come and come and enjoy um, the blessings that yeah. I'm going to provide. So, this Hanani. 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 Yeah. I I am here and I will follow you. Um, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow right. and obey even when it doesn't make sense. The cost of discipleship, the really the cost of following Jesus, but it is it, it's a it's a cost, but it's man, what a what a blessing on the other side it is. Amen. Um to yeah. he is he is what our hearts are beating for. Um so Jonathan man that was a lot of fun. Um, there we go, Caleb. And that is about it for Abraham. Um, and we are going to carry on to now this promised son and his story and how it's just all really clean and nice and <laughs> everything's perfect. It's basically so. the same story <laughs> all over again. But until then, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. See you.